Next on BYU Sports Nation, we play Wednesday morning quarterback with college football Hall of Famer and BYU legend Ty Detmer. He'll join us live from Austin, Texas. Plus, major changes on the offensive line. Coach Robert and I makes moves up front. Who can you expect to see starting on Saturday? And BYU TV analyst Brian Logan gives us insider perspective on an impressive season-opening performance by the Cougar defense and how they prepare for 15th-ranked Texas. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Happy Wednesday, sports friends. We are one day closer to week two of college football. A Texas-sized challenge approaching for the BYU Cougars. Glad to have you with us, everyone. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. I know I just said this, Jerem, but we have the Ty Detmer on BYU Sports Nation today. The man. I seriously would not be surprised if one day a T was added to Y Mountain. For Ty Detmer. He's he's the man. The Heisman winner from BYU. We're very excited to have Ty on the show today. I heard something interesting. His dad, Sonny, told him when he signed to play at BYU, he said, well, you just have to play well enough for them to add a T on the mountain. And I think they did at one point. They, they painted the rocks up there, so it actually said Ty. And the, uh, the Quarterback Factory show during Football Media Day in June, my favorite thing from that show, and Ty was kind enough to join us from the Longhorn Network in Austin, Lavelle Edwards' uh, famous quote, I thought... John Elway was coming, and then walked Pee Wee Herman. And he won a Heisman. (laughs) The paper boy taking home the hardware. A kindly reminder on how you can listen to BYU Sports Nation every day. Are you taking notes, Jerem? Oh, yeah. BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. More good news. You can listen on demand each afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel and get involved in the conversation by following us at BYU Sports Nation for daily updates and links to the show. BYURadio.org is going to have a relaunch in the next little while. When it does, the show will be housed there as well. So for now, it's on YouTube, but in the future, we'll uh, have a podcast option on the website. So everyone knows. I know people have been asking. It is a work in progress. As are we, right, Jerem? Yeah. Day to day. Yeah. <laughs> day two of fall semester on campus in Provo. And in the spirit of education, my friend, let's get right to the multiple choice poll question. How many points will BYU score against Texas? Vote right now on BYUTVSports.com. How many points will BYU score against Texas? 0 to 9, 10 to 19, 20 to 29, 30 plus. Go to the website. We'll update the poll questions or poll question throughout the show. And we remind you, uh, yeah, weigh in on BYUTVSports.com and tweet at us. Uh, questions not only for Ty Detmer, Brian Logan, former BYU cornerback, BYU TV football analyst, will join us. Questions for him as well, or just questions, comments about uh, anything BYU Sports Nation, uh, at BYU Sports Nation. We're off and running on BSN, BYU Sports Nation. So far this week, the guest list has included sophomore running back Jamal Williams, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo, Offensive Coordinator Robert Anai, and BYU TV Analyst Blaine Fowler. That's how you start. Yeah, so far so good. We'll make the list a little more distinguished today with a College Football Hall of Famer we just spoke about. Solid show yesterday, Jeremy. <clears throat> really great fan interaction uh, on preference of a loaded independent schedule with no conference championship to play for or playing in a non-automatic qualifier conference with a title chase and more bowl options. Yeah, I saw some interesting comments. One stuck out to me that said, but in order to be relevant, you need to win a bunch of games and kind of be ranked. Um, And I agree to a certain degree. However, with a weighted schedule, if you do have a special season and you win more of those games, you are more relevant than if you won 10 or 11 games in the Mountain West. If BYU can win 10 games with this kind of schedule, it's weighted 
Um, it's kind of like your high school GPA where, it, well, I took the honors and the AP classes, so my GPA was, or not mine, but somebody's like, a 4.8. It's like, how do you get a four po- how do you get over a 4.0? Is that possible? I, I think this schedule for BYU is weighted 5.0 or something. And so, like, a nine-win season this year is equal to 11 or 12 wins if you were in the Mountain West kind of deal. Yeah, a prominent ESPN college football analyst uh, tweeted out a couple of months ago, SEC fans, how do you feel about BYU's schedule this year? Does it compare? And uh, how do you argue when you have Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Boise State on the schedule that it's not going to be at least a little bit of a challenge? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to what's trending. First, topic number one, the O-line shuffle. We're going to do some shuffling of the line, and uh, we're going to see how uh, other guys respond. So uh, we've got four guys right now that uh, look to be uh, right now holding their spots at left tackle. We're going to start Michael Yak. At uh, left guard, we're going to start Manaki Vitae, center, Terrence Aletto. We don't know who we're starting at right guard. Uh, we're going to start Brock Stringham at right tackle. As of Tuesday, uh, we've got four starters, so we're still looking for that fifth one. The Texas offensive line has five returning starters. They've combined for 129 career starts. The BYU offensive line, as mentioned by Robert and I last night after practice, a new lineup this week, still trying to figure out that right guard. Among the four players we know are starting, and this is just games played, not games started, 52. Not games started. Not games started, games played. So Means they could have played one play. Could have got in against Idaho when BYU was up 40-7 to last year. So you, we knew there was youth. But BYU's going to mix it up. I like the idea that, hey, it didn't quite work. Let's do something different and get it better. This is a glaring concern, obviously. And that's why you're having the offensive line shuffle. The coaches are aware. You know, the, the fans are tweeting out and voicing their opinion on BYU needs to protect Taysom. They need, they need to protect their playmakers. The coaches know. Fact. They know. And they're making changes right now. Riker Matthews. Interestingly enough, started every game last year for BYU. He was not included in that list of starters Robert and I just talked about, yet he spoke with the media yesterday. I mean, every position's open, and they're always looking for players to make the best, make it the best team that we can. And whatever they got to do to move people around or have different starters or rotate guys, um, they're going to figure it out. Sometimes coaches do this to give maybe guys that have started a while a, a reality check. Who knows? With the go-fast, go-hard offense, it's kind of a moot point because you, you might start, but I would imagine Riker's going to see game time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the way that the BYU offense works, you're going to get several guys out there. It's just, can those first five set the tone? And apparently uh, Riker's not in that mix. But props to him for going and talking to the media, for one. You... For the first time in your BYU career, he, he he was the only guy returning this year that had started all 13 games. He's not starting, yet he goes and answers questions to the media, so props to him. Robert and I actually gave us a hint on BYU Sports Nation Monday that he was looking for more out of his offensive line. I would like to have seen us uh, uh, execute our, our, our blocking, and blocking is effort. When I say execute, I'm, I'm talking about putting better effort into how we, how we block 
Robert and I wasting very little time making uh, known to us in our debut show that uh, he was going to focus a ton of his attention on the offensive line. Moving on, Texas-sized talent. BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler joined us yesterday and had this to say. Yeah, I, I think this is the most veteran team they've had probably in the last five years. And they've gotten progressively better. Nine wins last year. And especially on offense. They have 10 returning starters on offense. But they have 18 returning guys on offense that have started a game or more. So so they have 18 guys. So not only do they have returning starters, they've got depth. You were talking about the offensive line, Jerem. I mean, the Longhorns are very experienced up front. They're experienced at basically every position, perhaps most notably at quarterback with David Ash. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the most experienced returning quarterback in the Big 12, 18 career starts, uh, was influential in the win in 2011 in Austin against BYU. And, uh, yeah, that offense. The one guy that uh, doesn't return, Marquise Goodwin, a U.S. track and field star. He was actually in the Olympics. He was that fast. Uh he was a uh, draft pick, one of the three for Texas last year. And so they have a really, really good team. The, the thing is, they're returning starters from a five-win team and a nine-win team. So I, I don't think we should act like, oh, this is a team that has won 12 games the last two years and has dominated, and they're all back. This is a team that has grown into five, nine, and what they hope will be 11, 12, 13 wins this year. And so it is a really talented Texas team. It's just not been the same kind of Texas. But the Longhorns coming into Provo, that's a big deal. And so uh, BYU will hope to uh, be able to battle that that experience. Topic number three on what's trending, sucking wind. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to be physical and to rough people around when you're trying to gain oxygen and when you're just trying to breathe, period. And, I mean, I can see that, but it's no excuse. Um, we definitely need to be a lot more physical and um, throw dudes around, whether we're, it's a 10, 15 play drive or a three play drive. Like, we gotta perform the same every time, no matter what. Sophomore left tackle Riker Matthews yesterday after practice. There's something to what he's saying. One, one is, let's go fast, go hard, Robert and I says, the BYU's offensive coordinator. And then there's the offensive lineman. I never realized this. They thought, R- Riker gave us some insights, some, shed some light on this. It's one thing to go fast. It's another to be physical and get a push. And when you're in such a hurry to just get the playoff, where does that leave the offensive linemen in terms of what they're trying to do? It's, it's, it's difficult for them. And like Riker said, it's, it's tough, not to mention at altitude. This is a big deal for, for Texas, and they've prepped uh, for months for this game for BYU. Did you see the masks that they had on yeah, in practice? these are awesome. Like I will show you where I have made my home whilst preparing to bring justice. Then I will break you. <laughs> it looked like Bane masks from The Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Rises. Rises. Yeah. Like legitimately, I was a little frightened when I when I saw what they were wearing. But it's Texas football and they will pull out all the stops to give themselves an advantage or at least prepare to come play at Elevation in Provo. And I just tweeted the link to the article at Jerem Jordan uh, to be able to see these Bane masks that they've been using uh, over the summer. And uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, one of the defensive linemen, his dad is an assistant at Colorado. So he went there during the summer and trained at altitude preparing for this game. This is this is top of mind. And generally it is with the opponents. But Texas has really made an emphasis of it using these, we're calling them Bane masks. Yeah, BYU had their own guy 
coming from Texas that had to make the adjustment uh, here in Utah, Ross Oppo. I think it's going to be different for him, you know, the elevation. When, when I came here from Texas, I, you know, I was dying. I was on the ground, you know, trying to get air, and it's a, it's a big difference. And uh, I think it's going, to be, it's going to be good to have him out here. So with the Bane mask in play, all the preparation, the talk, the expectation of the Texas players coming to the mountains to play, does BYU still have an advantage? I think they do. How do you, I mean, can you simulate a full speed game in Provo without actually playing in Provo? You never push yourself that hard. You'd like to think that, okay, we can simulate these conditions. We could, certain things you can, noise, uh, uh, wetness. You could, you could have the sprinklers on in practice and simulate what BYU went through with Virginia. You could have one practice in fall camp where you say, there's going to be a rainy game where we're going to have to throw the ball in the, and it's going to be wet. Let's have the sprinklers on and just soak everybody, the whole practice. You could do it, but you can't do it with altitude. You, you can put these masks on, but once you, how long are you, you going to have them on for eight hours and acclimate that way? Or 72 hours, which is likely the case when they kind of, how long they're here? I don't think you can do it. Here's the thing, though. They run the same kind of offense as BYU. No huddle, spread, same, di- the, the, the craze right now. They're doing it. It's brand new with... Major Applewhite, the co-offensive coordinator. Their defense is used to this type of thing. But how used to it? It's, it's just their second game. They pushed it in the Alamo Bowl against Oregon State. They changed it. They got the victory. And then they did it against New Mexico State. That's it. So both teams are still trying to figure, one, their offense out, and then, two, the defenses, oh, we have more plays to play. It'll be interesting to see not only that, but you look at the comparison of Texas and BYU. BYU, late in the season last year, played New Mexico State. Texas opened against New Mexico State. Texas put, puts up a school record 715 yards of total offense. BYU, with James Lark making his first start at BYU, goes for 520 yards. He throws six touchdown passes. So some similar comparisons, but now BYU is moving at a, at a more up-tempo pace. What would BYU do against New Mexico State on their home field this year to open up the season? I could see BYU beating New Mexico State 56-7 for a season opener. So... When you look at the numbers and the statistics, I feel like BYU and Texas match up pretty evenly. The one distinct advantage I'm going to give Texas is their overall team speed. That, that is something you cannot coach. And then on BYU's side, like we've been addressing, this, this trending third topic of sucking wind, altitude. What role will that play? In the third and fourth quarter, what role will that play? Uh, I just was last night was reading an article from, it might have been two weeks ago in Sports Illustrated, where they talked about the effect of these no-huddle spread offenses on college football. Taj Boyd, senior quarterback at Clemson, said that in the third and fourth quarter, that's when we get them. That's when we get the opposing team tired. And uh, we addressed it earlier in the week, but uh, Tom Homel, BYU Athletic Director, joined the show Monday and mentioned that after the first quarter, Virginia got a break. After the second quarter, they got a break with halftime. It was... Uh, in the fourth quarter when they didn't get a break, when BYU was able to capitalize. And Robert and I, we asked him about that, and he said that's one function of the offense. It's not the main function, uh, but it's one of them. And uh, if BYU can do that to Texas at altitude, if that's a score or two in a close game, that's the difference. Mind you, Texas comes in here expecting BYU to come out full force. Mac Brown compared them to a wounded animal. He said that we're going to see a different team than the one we watched on film against Virginia on Saturday. He knows that the elements are not going to be the same. BYU's angry. 
They want to respond. They want to prove to the nation that they can beat the top players, or the top teams, I should say. So, Mac Brown preparing his team for a BYU, a loaded-up BYU offense. Excuse me. And it's somebody, okay to get emotional. I sound like I'm crying, don't I? I'm getting emotional. Where's my water? <laughs> anyway. It's right there. I can see it. Mac Brown is going to do everything he can to not overlook BYU, and he shouldn't. Crazy respect. Um, and, you know, coaches, coaches are prone to say it. How many times have we heard, oh, yeah, they're a really good team, and you thought, no, they were 2-9 and nine last year. They weren't a really good team. What are you talking about? 2-10. and 10. But Mac Brown, he knew his stuff. On Monday he met with the media, and he said the following. Texas head coach Mac Brown, the team that played Virginia Saturday is not the one we'll see. BYU fans are saying that too, by the way. They had a two-hour, nine-minute lightning delay, and then it was an absolute downpour the second half. Virginia was able to block a punt and do some things that it's very difficult to play, and sometimes the best team doesn't win under those circumstances. That's how BYU feels. Hey, we were the better team. You can tell on the video copy, watching the video last night, it's raining sideways. It was miserable conditions for the team. He talked about his relationship with Bronco Mendenhall, uh, by the way, as well. They're both on the American Football Coaches Association board. Uh, and he knew, about, he knew about Bronco. He said he's a great head coach. He's also their defensive coordinator. He was an outstanding player, junior college All-American, two-year starter at Oregon State. So he knows all about it. Uh, and Mac Brown, one of the classiest coaches in America. But uh, he knows that BYU's defense is going to be really good. Um, the big question is, can BYU's offense score points, I think is, is a big question. But, yeah, Texas is they're prepared and ready for uh, BYU. I liked Ross Oppo's comments last night, by the way. I think it was Dave Noriega of KSL TV in Salt Lake City that asked, are you going to do the down horns um, at uh, Texas this time? Because I think Ross did it in the middle of the game. Too early. Too BYU early. led 13-3, uh, 16-10. And he said, yeah, I did it too early. Ross, BYU receiver Ross Oppo did. But if we win, I'm going to do it again. Fantastic stuff right there. We're just getting started on BYU Sports Nation coming up. The BYU Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer joins us. We'll ask him how Taysom Hill can get the offense going. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. And now, back to more Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us on Twitter at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. I had to go with the underscore uh, because apparently there is another Spencer Linton. High school basketball star, I think in Indiana. So you're not the Spencer Linton is so what you're saying? I'm kind of like second tier Spencer Linton with the underscore. <laughs> no, second <laughs> underscore on Twitter, number one in your heart. Oh, yeah. Let's update uh, the poll results on BYUTVSports.com. How many points will BYU score against Texas right now? 10 to 19 leading the way with 46%, 25%, 20 to 29, 0 to 9, 22%, and then 8%, 30 plus. 10 to 19, would that get it done? Will will the the BYU defense hold uh, Texas to less than 20? I I think you have to go with Bronco Mendenhall's uh, long goal. BYU needs to score 24 or more and hold the opponent. Under 24. So I do not think 10-19 to 19 beats Texas, even in Provo. I mean, the defense would have to play unbelievably well to beat Texas. They're capable of it. They are. But it, it's a challenge against this offense. I really feel the offense needs at least 24 points to beat Texas. And that's the benchmark. Bronco Mendenhall has talked about that forever. They've done uh, you know statistical analysis saying 24 is really the benchmark. Uh, and 
when BYU under Bronco Mendenhall holds opponents under 24 points, 24 or less, 66 and 9. And when the off, so that's defensively. When BYU scores 24 or more, 65 and 8. So almost every time, if you can score 24 or more or hold the opponent under 24, you win. And that's why it's the benchmark. Yep. I mean, at that point, the stats do not lie. Hey, our next guest, whom we are honored to have, not only has the title of Heisman winner, college football Hall of Famer, but he has his own rap. The choice for Heisman is Ty Yeah, Ty Detmer, former BYU football great and Heisman Trophy winner, now head coach at St. Andrews High School in Austin, Texas. Ty, great to have you with us. How are you doing today? Good. Just make sure everybody knows that wasn't me rapping. (laughs) (laughs) Ty, what was your reaction to that song when it came out in 1990 during your uh, junior season? Uh, It was pretty funny. I think it was Johnny Biscuit, and he had a comedy club in Provo, and, and, uh, you know, it was... It was pretty funny at the time. All the guys got a kick out of it. <laughs> the uh, Crusaders, your high school team, you're coming off a big win last week against Eastside Memorial, uh, 47 to nothing. You're now 1 to 0, getting ready for uh, Reagan. Coach Detmer, uh, Ty Detmer joins us prior to watching film with, with his team. I guess first, just tell us about your high school team. Uh, how are you doing? What kind of offense you run and uh, what you expect this weekend? Um, well, we, um, we kind of utilize what we have. We, <laughs> we only have probably about. 26 guys on the varsity team and so every year it's kind of you know okay what do we have to work with and what can we do with them and uh, what are they good at and let's try to put them in position to be successful so we're primarily kind of a pro style offense but you know we get to spread and we get to uh, two tight ends and we get to heavy and uh, extra linemen and do some different things just to try to utilize what we have. What is Texas high school, the experience of coaching Texas high school football like? Is it overwhelming? You know, we're we're probably a little different than some places here at St. Andrews where we're private school and, and uh, athletics is not the primary focus, although for me it is um, because I'm the coach. But, uh, you know, it's not your typical kind of, you know, 5A hardcore, you know, kids are showing up at 630 every morning. Uh, practicing then, watching film, lifting, athletic period, and then again after school. So it's uh, <laughs> we're probably a little more low-key than most schools, but um, at the same time when you turn on the lights Friday night and you get out on the field, um, you obviously want to put a good product out there and, and uh, give the guys a chance to win. A lot of uh, colleges are now going to this uh, no-huddle, spread offense look. Uh, I know in the Big 12 they're doing that. The the school that BYU's playing this week, Texas, where you live, Austin, they've switched to this. What are your th- uh, thoughts on the pros and cons of no huddle, no huddle spread offenses? So, you know, for me, as an offensive mind, I really enjoyed uh, the game planning and scheming of how do you get a defense in an uncomfortable situation, you know? How do you motion guys and shift and move guys around and, and get a defense where they're not sure what's coming or you get them in a situation where they're overloaded on one side and they got no answer for it. And so, you know, with a hurry up um, system, that doesn't happen much. You know, you're kind of just running your base plays uh, at a fast pace and hoping to wear down a defense or get them to miss a line a little bit or something like that. So, 
um, you know, that's probably one of the cons is there isn't a lot of scheming and game planning and, and, uh, that goes on or, or making adjustments during a game, you know, that doesn't happen a lot either. It's kind of like, but we need to go faster. And, uh, so that's, that's a downside to just going fast and trying to hurry up and line up. There are no very few motions, you know, you're not uh, changing personnel very much. And, uh, and so that can kind of catch up with you. You know, now the plus side is you, you can run more plays and more opportunities, uh, hopefully to get a chance to score during a game. And, and it keeps the defense from maybe getting exotic as well. So, you know, there's, there's pluses and minuses to everything that happens out there. And, and, uh, you know, you got to kind of weigh that, what's your team, you know, what, what fits your team and what gives you the best chance to win. Ty Detmer joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Certainly grateful to have him. Ty, in the prime of your career, do you feel like you would have flourished as much in a go-fast, go-hard offense like this? Um, I'm not sure how much more we could have done. <laughs> you know, we uh, we did okay while I was there in a huddle up and let's uh, kind of scheme a little bit here and, and get them, you know, see what they're doing and then adjust to it on the fly. And so... Um, you look at kind of what some of the Hawaii or Texas Tech quarterbacks did, and they were throwing it 60, 70 times a game. You know, there were times where I only threw it 25 or 30. And uh, and so, yeah, it gives you more plays, more opportunities. But, um, you know, for me, it's kind of bang for the buck a little bit, too. Are you just running plays, or are you actually being productive and, and uh, really getting some out of that, that play each and every time you line up? So, um you know, for me, I, I don't look at it like, man, if we'd have been in that, who knows what would have happened because things went pretty good, you know, for me while I was there. And I slow down, huddle up, and make sure you communicate. And we, we checked at the line. We, you know, got into a two-minute offense sometimes when we needed it. And, and uh, other times it was slow the game down. We got the lead, and let's take care of the ball and, and uh, preserve the win. Ty, you actually had an opportunity to play Texas twice in your career. Uh, once in 1980, well, in 87, you were a redshirt on that BYU team. They beat Texas 22-17 in Austin. In 88, you got into the game. You actually threw a touchdown pass. How much do you remember from those contests? Uh, I remember quite a bit. You know, growing up here in San Antonio, I was a Longhorn fan growing up and uh, having a chance to come back and, you know, be on the sideline when, when BYU played was a lot of fun because. I'd, you know, I'd watched a couple games in that stadium, but never, uh, never been that up close and personal. And then, uh, of course, to get a win kind of helped with the bragging rights and things like that. And then, you know, the next year, Sean Covey had a big game and fortunate to get in at the end and, and, uh, get some work in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always fun playing a team, you know, when you're, they're close to home or a team you grew up watching and, and you get a chance to go in there and play a little bit, uh, was a lot of fun, but, you know, Texas State has a lot of pride in their football, and uh, I know they started off a little slow against New Mexico State last week, so they kind of got things rolling, but obviously it'll be a much different test going to Pro Bowl and playing up there this week for them. Taking the reins as a sophomore, Taysom Hill's in a similar situation to you where he played some, started a little bit his freshman year, and then sophomore year, 89, you take over, you're the guy. What advice uh, have you either told Taysom or would you tell Taysom if you talked to him about becoming the guy as a sophomore? So, you know, for me, things kind of built up 
towards the end of the freshman year, you know, got got in and, and got to play in the bowl game second half and ended up, you know, being the MVP of the Freedom Bowl um, that year as a freshman. It's, it's different for him because he got in, he got a taste, and then he got hurt and had to sit out. And so, you know, this is, to me, it's really his first – first real experience of being a starter and going and uh you know there's going to be a learning curve in that type of system it takes you a little bit for the timing and the rhythm and and BYU is you know to me our the first game of the year you don't have scrimmages and you don't have any of that and so the timing is always a little off and you're a little bit out of sync and things kind of seem like they're happening faster than they ever did in practice and so that timing's off a little bit in an offense like that and uh you know to me that's kind of a little bit typical of a first game for BYU offense obviously you'd like to see them score more points but um you know it's that part of it for the quarterback especially things happen so much faster in a game than they ever did in practice and so I think having that that game now under your belt I think we'll see things continue to get better and uh, progress and more points and more drives and all those types of things as, as they get going here. Ty, you're in the heart of Longhorn football. And uh, I should mention, Ty Detmer joining us on BYU Sports Nation, Spencer Lynch and Jerem Jordan here. But Ty, you're, you're in the heart of it. You are right smack in the middle of where they're most passionate about Texas football. Do you sense at all a vibe about this upcoming game against BYU? Have, have you have you noticed anything, or do you feel like maybe Texas is overlooking BYU? What are your thoughts on that? No, I think everybody around here, everything I've heard is that this is this is kind of a a big game for both teams. You know, obviously with the loss last week last week for BYU, um, it, it makes it a big game to not start in the hole zero and two, and for Texas. It's kind of that first test, you know. Everybody kind of was like, ah, it's New Mexico State. They probably overlooked them a little bit. Um, but they know going up to BYU that this is going to be a dogfight and it's going to be a tough battle. And, you know, the defense is playing real well. And so I think for Texas, it's it's a kind of a barometer to see where they're really at. And, and they think, you know, if they think they've got a good team, this is this was a – very important step for them going forward to prove that they do and uh and so they're definitely not taking this one lightly or overlooking it it's it's kind of the the big game of the of the season so far i think for both of them um obviously there'll be big games to come but this is an important side or game for both sides former heisman trophy winning quarterback uh ty Detmer joining us here on BYU sports nation jerem jordan spencer linton we want to get to just a couple of uh twitter questions from fans uh for you ty at CABYU fan, Michelle Overton says, Ty, would you consider a move to Utah to take over as offensive coordinator at some point? She, she said offensive coordinator. And I say, Robert and I, you know, he's the, he's the guy now. But at some point in the future, would a, a job on the BYU coaching staff interest you? Um, you know, maybe at some point. I enjoy what I'm doing down here. I enjoy the lifestyle of a high school coach where you've got some free time and you can kind of still do all the, family reunions and hunting trips and <laughs> those kind of things. So, um, you know, I, I still enjoy having that time um, at this point. And once you jump into the next level, you're uh, you're locked in, and, and that part kind of goes away for the most part. And uh, I'm not ready for that yet. So, but, you know, if I did, obviously BYU would be you know, front and center and, and place that I would definitely enjoy going back to and being a part of again. 
Ty, you brought up hunting. We have uh, a question coming from at Steve Hatch. He asks, how much is it to hunt there? On, on your ranch. On, on your ranch. <laughs> uh, so I've got different packages, you know. There's <laughs> one to hunt for, so it's, uh, kind of, you know, we've got some exotics and whitetail and wild boar and a little bit of everything. So it, it really depends on what they're looking for and, and uh they can always email me at t14 ranch at gmail so we can uh we can put together a package for anyone ty i know you've got four daughters and uh from what i can tell from what you've tweeted out they they enjoy hunting and they also have some byu ties can you kind of expound on uh, your daughter's coming to provo yeah so i've got my oldest um she actually went to provo for summer semester and then decided to uh go up to uh, BYU-Idaho, so she spent the last uh, couple years up there in Rexburg, and and then uh, my next daughter, uh, just she got a, a scholarship to go play soccer at Dixie State, so she's down there playing soccer in her first year with that program, and I've got two more, one in freshman in high school and a seventh grader, so, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're kind of right in the thick of things with all of them, but they're, uh, you know, it's fun to see them go to college and have some of those same experiences that me and my wife were able to have. Well, if, and if I'm not mistaken, Dixie will play probably UVU at some point in soccer, so she might wander up to Orem at some some point this year? Yeah, I, I haven't really looked at the schedule because they play all during the fall and we got football games going You're on. You're a little busy. I'm probably not going to be able to make <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. So, Speaking of, yep. big, and uh Head coach at St. Andrews, uh, you're going to watch film here in a minute. I, I know with your team at lunch. Uh, tell us, yeah. uh, you know, two keys to victory to take down Reagan this week. I tell you, Reagan's a, a public school here in Austin, and they um, their coaches have done a great job with uh, kind of rebuilding that program. This is their second year in that in that school, and uh, Reagan's been down. We we actually beat them pretty good last year, but they are uh, a big physical team um that you know just kind of comes off right at you so you know we got to be able to, to stop the run uh, and i hear that from every coach every week but <laughs> <laughs> coach speak <laughs> uh, they don't throw it much so we're gonna have to dig in at the d line and make some plays off the edges and then uh you know we've got to kind of be balanced against them and spread their big guys out a little bit make them run a little get them tired Ty, continued success. Uh, good luck this weekend, and we really appreciate your time and insight here on BYU Sports Nation. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ty. Ty Detmer, ladies and gentlemen, class act. Coming up, we continue the fun. Former Cougar cornerback Brian Logan tells us what he saw Saturday that makes him know the BYU DBs will or won't have success this Saturday. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation on the home of the BYU Cougars, BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Programming note, check out the live pre- and post-game shows on BYU Radio and BYU TV this Saturday for Cougar football. BYU Radio has pre-game coverage starting at 5 p.m. Eastern time with Greg Rubel. Then BYU TV's countdown to kickoff starts at 6 Eastern to get you ready for BYU versus Texas on ESPN2 at 7. Then join BYU TV and BYU Radio right after the game for full Post-game coverage. Jeremy, I need some poll results. Do you? Now! How many points will BYU score against Texas? Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com. And the poll results are 47% for 10-19, to 19, 25% for 20-29, to 0-9 gets 21%, and then 9% 30+. plus. These aren't whole numbers, so I never know if that actually adds up to 100. 
I don't think it does <laughs> every time. So I'm doing my best to uh, round those off. Next time I want you to read the poll question in the Bane voice. Do you feel in charge? <laughs> we referenced the Bane masks earlier. If you missed the first part of the show, Texas is has been using these masks. I tweeted out a link um, at Jerem Jordan that has a picture to an ESPN.com article. They look just like Bane masks to prepare for altitude. And I will break you. I'm terrible. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that. Let's leave it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll leave it there. Hey, we have another special interview coming up right now. Brian Logan, BYU TV analyst, former BYU defensive back. Brian, you're you're paid to educate us, and I want to be educated. Do you think you can do that for us today? Um, you know, I could try. <laughs> Spe- specifically talking about uh, BYU and Texas on the defensive side, what did you see with BYU against Virginia that makes you hopeful for this team against a talented Longhorn squad? Well, the biggest thing that jumped out to me um, on Saturday was really no big plays. Um, you know, that's the the scariest thing as a as a DB and as a coach is um, you know eliminating those those big plays down the field. And, you know, you didn't see much of that, um, you know, on Saturday. But, you know, granted, Virginia's offense wasn't that great either. Um, you know, you had David Wofford in his first start. So, um, you know, you, you really didn't expect that to happen. So, you know, I think this, this Saturday is going to be the true test for the DBs. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of talented guys that they're going to be going against. You know, guys that are going to be in the NFL, guys that have 4-3, 4-4 speed. So, going to be uh, more of an interesting test to see on Saturday. Your Y-factor selection in the BYU TV pregame show, which is like the X-factor, but we eliminate uh, Hill, Hoffman, Williams, Van Noy, and we say, what other guy is going to have the biggest impact on the game? Your pick was Robertson Daniel, and that was the one that got selected. Uh, Daniel, a JC transfer, uh, had six tackles, had a pass breakup. He had a nice game. Your thoughts on uh, not only Daniel, but BYU's cornerback play in general from the uh, first game? Yeah, Robertson Daniel did. He did good. Um, you know, better than than what I what I expected. You know, obviously I, I picked him as my Y factor, um, and he won, which I'm I'm, I'm happy about. Congratulations. Uh, I want to know. Um, thank you, thank you. I, I got to rub that in your face. I, I have. To. I'm going to rub it in everybody's face. I'm going to win this week. I'm coming for you, uh, you know, Brian. You, Spencer's involved this week. Don't don't even don't don't try, man. And you know, Spencer, Spencer, you're a rookie. Um, you know, you will be judged on your selection. Um, so make sure you come with it. But if you take a, a look at my Logan's corner um, that I am preparing, it'll be um, published on Thursday on BYUTVSports.com. Um, yeah, you'll you'll kind of get a little 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 hint, little preview of of who uh, who I'm selecting for this week. Um, but, uh, you know, he did, he did good. Uh, the only flaw that I saw, or the only thing that I saw, um, was just the, the touchdown that he gave up. And, and I talked about it a little bit on, on the postgame show. And, um, you know, at the corner, what happens is, is when a quarterback starts to scramble, uh, we, we have a drill that, that we do in practice. It's called plaster. And, and that's just a rule, plaster rule. And that rule is uh, once that quarterback starts to get out of the pocket and scrambles a little bit, um, what you need to do is look at um, the closest receiver to you and, and stay with him the whole time, no matter what. Um, otherwise, if you don't, if you try to just stay in your zone or just you know, cover any receiver that you see uh, at any given time, uh, it kind of it will end up like a, a you know, backyard football. 
Uh, and that's kind of w- really what happened um, on Saturday, you know, when the receivers got past uh, Daniel um, and, you know, made a good catch and ha- had his, his nice, you know, shoelace in. Um, but, um, you know, other than that, he, he did good. Um, this, this, this week, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned on the boundary side, um, you know, with, with Sky Pove down Levitt. They rotated it last week. They did a good job. Um, you know, Dallin had six tackles. They, they were very physical in their play, which helped them out a lot. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think speed does kill. Um, you know, I, I would rather have a, a faster, quicker guy than a guy that's a little bit more physical. Um, that's just my personal opinion. So that boundary side, Coach Mendenhall, and, and, you know, when it comes to the safeties, uh, they're going to have to help out a little bit more on that side. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here talking to BYU TV analyst Brian Logan. Brian, we've talked a lot about the cornerbacks, but the defense in general looked really solid on Saturday against Virginia. They gave up just 223 total yards. The two scoring drives, touchdown scoring drives that Virginia had combined for 29 yards. So, how does BYU's defense get better now? Yeah, um, you know they did absolutely phenomenal. It looks like they just picked up right where they left off, right, from last year. Um, you know, you, you take away, um, you know, the, the punt and the interception and, and you know, I think, I think Virginia didn't score, uh, you know, besides the, the field goal. And um, really the, it's, what it's going to come down to, I think, is, is just the, is being athletic and, you know, athlete on athlete. Um, you know, when it comes down to the, the, the scheme, you know, we all know Coach Minnell is a great defensive mind. Um, you know, when it comes to the offensively over there uh, with Texas, same thing. It's really going to come down to individuals and individual efforts. So guys have to step up and make big plays. It's going to really come down to turnovers. You look at New Mexico State uh, and Texas, and they were in that game because of the three turnovers that they had in the first half. And uh, that's that's really where BYU can can keep themselves in the game um, as far as defensively is, is by causing those, those turnovers. You look athletically you know, side to side from New Mexico State and, and Texas, and it doesn't even compare. But yet these guys were in the game with them, and that's because of the turnovers. So you got to look to guys like Kyle Van Noy, um, Spencer Hadley, stripping, stripping the ball, uh, guys like Robertson Daniel. He's going to be tested. Uh, when the ball is in the air, they have to come down with it. They have to make these plays in order to keep the, 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 the BYU offense uh, in the game and have a chance to, to win. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here on BYU Sports Nation chatting with former cornerback Brian Logan, current uh, BYU TV football analyst. Brian, you went up against uh, some teams that ran similar offenses to what we're seeing now. I recall the first game you ever played was against Oklahoma in Cowboys Stadium to start the 09 year. Sam Bradford uh, was the quarterback of that team. They ran a similar offense uh, to what we're seeing. What was it like defensively as a cornerback and a defense as a whole to have to not be able to substitute, uh, you know, at times, and to have to stay on the field and defend against that type of offense. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was first and foremost, it was hard because it was it was my first game, uh, D one game, and and you try to practice, um, you know, the, the tempo and and how fast it's going to be. And, and Coach Mendenhall and the defensive staff, they did a good job. What they did, and I'm still frustrated to this day. Uh, but it did, it did prepare us. What they did was they had two, um, two teams of offense going. So they would, the, the, we'd line up against the first team of, all, uh, of, scout, of the scout team. 
they'd run the play, but yet the second uh, scout team was already lined up behind the first team. So wherever the ball was, wherever after that play was over, the second team already, you know, they didn't huddle. They, already, they were literally five yards behind the first team, and they would come up and, and run another play. And, you know, just to try to simulate how fast it was going to be, and that's exactly how it was when we got in the game. So we were, we were really prepared. Um, you know, when it came down to the, the, the oxygen and being able to breathe, uh, you, can't really, you can't really prepare for that. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care about these masks or anything like that. Um, you know, it's nothing like game speed and, and being the actual game to prepare for, for your oxygen levels. Um, but, you know, when it, when it comes down to the actual play, uh, the challenge that we had um, was playing sides. You know, you have a, a field side and you, had a, you have a boundary side, and that goes all the way down, um, you know, to the linebackers. You know, you have your, your, uh, your will and, and, and uh, you know, you have your strong. So uh, those guys, we're switching all the time. And for corners, it's, it's hard because, you know, we have to go on the, all the way on the opposite side of the field. And I remember times where me and Brandon Bradley would look at each other and be like, nope, nope, just stay right there. I can't breathe. Stay on that side. We're not. There's no way we're switching. Um, and and a little bit more towards the end of this. Towards the end of the season, we just came up with the situation that way. Hey, you know, if 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 we're in a two minute drill or if a, a team is doing a hurry up offense and we can't switch sides for whatever reasons, then we're just going to go to um, you know this 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 particular coverage. Um, this is the signal for this coverage, and everybody in the secondary uh, and the linebackers are going to be on the same page. Um, and, and, and it worked out for us, you know, when it, when it came to uh, teams like that. So I'm sure, you know, by now that was, you know, four years ago. I'm sure by now Coach Mendenhall and, and the defensive staff have it, you know, ten times better than, than we did. Uh, but I would say that would, be the, that would be the most difficult thing is switching sides for the, for the cornerbacks and, and, you know, probably for the linebackers. Brian Logan, a man well-informed. You have earned your paycheck, my good friend. How do you feel about that? Well, thank you. Thank you. I, it feels good. It feels good. You know, I could take my wife out on a date now. She's been, she's been, she's been harassing me about it. So, all right, Brian Logan, thanks so much. You can see Brian and company on Countdown Kickoff, six p.m. Eastern this Saturday. They'll get you set for BYU Texas on BYU TV. Brian, thanks for the time. All right, thanks for having me. See you guys later. And uh, Spencer, I yep, this is where it gets real, man. So come prepared Saturday. <laughs> It's getting real. He had to drop the rookie card. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. It's real, rookie. Coming up, three basketball game tip times and TV channels, plus our daily BYU Sports Nation salute. This is BYU Sports Nation. Now, here's the Cougar Whip Around. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here at the beautiful BYU Broadcast Building. Let's get to it. Basketball. Times were announced on a couple of games yesterday, November 20th against Iowa State in the Marriott Center. That's at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU for men's hoops. The December 14th game at Utah will be at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. December 21st at Oregon's at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. And all the BYU men's basketball games can be heard right here on BYU Radio. Women's Volleyball. The 25th-ranked Cougars defeated Utah Valley in four sets last night in Orem. Junior outside hitter Tamber Haddock led the team with 18 kills, 14 blocks, and six. Oh, sorry, 14 blocks in the victory. Haddock will be six digs. Six digs. Oh, okay, it said blocks twice. I'm blaming that on you, Jerem. 
Six digs. Haddock will be on next Monday's True Blue, by the way. BYU now heads to Portland, Oregon this weekend for matches against Portland State, Fresno State, and Oklahoma. Tough schedule. Soccer. The sixth-ranked Cougars took down LSU on the road Monday. They're 3-0-0 on the season. They've scored 10 goals in those three games. The next game's against Utah at Southfield in Provo, Friday night, 9 Eastern, on BYU TV. The Utes were one of BYU's two losses during last year's run to the Elite Eight. Cross-country. Last but not least, the men's cross-country team starts the season this Friday at the Utah Open at Murray City Park. The race begins at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Mountain. The Cougars ranked fourth in the country in a preseason poll. And that wraps up the Cougar whip around. Why are you saying it like that? Hot Rod. Love it. (laughs) Uh, Today's BYU Sports Nation salute goes to sophomore left tackle Riker Matthews. You heard from him earlier in the show. Uh, moments after he was told he would not start this week against Texas for the first time in his young BYU career, he answers five minutes worth of questions from the media about the offensive line. He could have easily hid, uh, but he manned up, and he's ready to get after it this week off the bench. So today, Riker, we salute you. Salute you! The BYU Sports Nation salute. Yeah, fantastic. Now, Jerem, how many offensive players or football players in general do you know that are told, Hey, you're not going to start. By the way, go do interviews. Go talk to the media. Oh, and by the way, this is the first time you haven't started. So, big character for uh, for Riker. Yeah. And we remind you, many ways to listen to the show. BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. It's also The show will also be on demand at BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. When BYURadio.org relaunches, we'll have a podcast Audio on demand uh, available, but for now it's on YouTube, and we encourage you to follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter for daily updates and links to the show. If you want more goodness from Jerem, you can also follow his personal Twitter account at Jerem Jordan. Follow me at Spencer underscore Linton. Again, recapping that I needed the underscore because I am not the most important Spencer Linton on the planet right now. That belongs to an Indiana high school basketball star who, no kidding, on YouTube has a rap about him. So we had the Tizen rap today, and there is a Spencer Linton rap on YouTube. Wow. Yeah, we're going to find that. I want to make it my ringtone. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It's to the chorus of Black and Yellow, if you know that. Yeah, nice. Spencer Linton, Spencer Linton. Spencer, we learned some great stuff today on the show. Um, Ty Detmer, we asked him about the go-fast, go-hard offense, and in general, spread offense, no-huddle offenses. He really liked the fact that he could dissect a defense and prepare for that instead of just going quickly and then trying to catch people on their heels. It, it was interesting to see. You, you asked him, could you have done more with this type of offense? And he said, I don't know that we could have done much more with what we did. Well, when you're scoring 50-plus, I, I think you're succeeding. And football has changed a lot since BYU or Ty played at BYU. But he did talk about the advantages and disadvantages of it, which I thought was very insightful. Um, he even said that he has some spread ops and spread formations in his own high school team. And uh, Brian Logan weighed in on uh, defensively how you play against a team like that. He referenced the 2009 against a game against Oklahoma where Sam Bradford and company are marching against him. And he said certain times the formation would change and he would need to change from field to boundary, but he wouldn't because he didn't have time. And so let's see if which defense can dominate a little more because between BYU and Texas, they're running the same kind of offense at uh, breakneck speed this Saturday night. Altitude takes on speed. Really quick, can you update the poll before we go, Jim? Yes, BYUTVSports.com. How many points will BYU score against Texas? The final poll results 
forty six percent, ten to nineteen, twenty six percent, twenty to twenty nine points, twenty uh, percent, zero to nine, and then thirty plus gets nine percent. Big thanks to everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. BYU Sports Nation signs off until tomorrow.